are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you, Packers, Patriots, kick off Sunday afternoon. It is the late window game, which means we get to have a lot of fun on national television. And they they just like don't play regular slates because next week they don't play a regular game either. We joked about this with Lily Zhao. This is a game that, that, that the Packers are um, double-digit favorites, depending on where you look, although the line sort of mis- mysteriously has come down. I don't really understand that. It started, it opened to 10. I saw it get to 10 and a half. Now it's in that nine, nine and a half kind of range. That's a little weird to me. Uh, I, I haven't, I guess I haven't checked it since uh, the, the announcement that David Bakhtiari and, and Ellen Jenkins and all these guys are, are like straight up off the injury report. That seems like an, an important thing um, and, and has certainly moved the markets in the past. I'm just pulling up bet online here as we're as we're trying to work through this uh, nine and a half. So sort of sort of where it was, but minus 425 favorites. They are the heaviest favorite of the weekend by far. Let's talk about that injury part of this. That's the that's one of the, one of the reasons why we do this show is, is to make sure we have the most up to date injury information. We all knew Mac Jones was not going to play. And yet Bill Belichick insisted on this charade. I feel like I need to do it in a British accent. I need to call it a charade because that's what it was. It was ridiculous that he was even, he was like, well, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can't read MRIs. Ida. And it's just like, Bill, we know it's okay. We, we all know it's a high ankle sprain. He's not going to play this week. So, I don't know if you guys can believe this. Mac Jones, not going to play this week. So congratulations for Bill Belichick for, for doing whatever he whatever it is he thought he did. Um, you know, look, far be it for me, frankly, to you know, question an all-time great, right? I get it. In, in a lot of ways, I, I think that's right. Like, if, if these are the mind games you want to play, whatever, I guess this is, this is where this team is at this point. I think that's the more concerning thing. If you're a Patriots fan, that's where this team is. And that's a big problem. The offensive line issues for the Packers are no more. David Bakhtiari off the injury report, Elton Jenkins off the injury report, Alan Lazard off the injury report, big Bob Tunyon off the injury report. This team is Christian Watson off the injury report. This is an offense that through a half last week was lighting the best defense in the league on fire. Aaron Rodgers, RPO game, making every right decision. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. But 
this offense, we we talked about this in our in our post-game live show. That was a glimpse at the potential of this team. But it was just a glimpse in part because David Bakhtiari was rotating reps. We'll see if that continues. I doubt it. It was because Elton Jenkins still working his way back. He has not been great in pass protection in particular. He's been a mauler in the run game, but has not looked nearly as fluid in pass pro as he did when he was the left tackle last year. Is that the ACL? Is that knocking off rust? We'll see. And, and I think, frankly, it's a really good thing for the Packers to get to see because if in six weeks he's still having some of these issues in pass protection, you kick him back to guard, you put either Yash Nyman or Zach Tom out there, and you feel pretty good about where the offensive line is because you're 100% upgrading a guard spot. And in terms of the way that he's played so far, I don't think it'd be a stretch to say, I think Yash Nyman tomorrow could give them what Elton Jenkins is giving them right now. That is the big caveat right this second. I think Elton Jenkins can be a, a, a Pro Bowl caliber right tackle. The question is, did the injury sap him of the kind of athleticism that you need to play the tackle position? I, I don't I don't want to even really entertain that idea right now because I don't think we're ready to get there. But this offense, and this is the key to the game, the Patriots have one of the worst run defenses in the league. Significantly worse, in fact, than the Packers' run defense. And Lawrence Guy is not going to play in this game. He is a very important piece for this team's defensive line rotation. Devin Godshaw, their interior defensive lineman, an, an, a critical piece on this team, limited all week in practice. So what is his even if he plays, is he going to be 100%? And that was on a defense that was already having issues stopping the run. This Packers run game has looked so much more diverse, so much more dynamic than a year ago, already creating explosive runs among league leaders in explosive runs. And they're finding different ways to get to different looks. When Kylan Hill gets back, which he can start practicing in a week, so we'll see what that looks like. The, the Packers have an opportunity here to run the ball effectively. Now, they need to commit to it, no question. And they can because I think they're going to have success doing it. And if you can't stop this Packers run game, you can't stop this Packers offense. Now, I think you can, you can uh, get a little lucky. I think the Vikings got a little lucky. They did not stop the Packers' run game. Game script dictated that the Packers get out of their normal run-pass flow. And the Vikings got a little lucky. They got a little lucky with a fourth down stop. They got a little lucky. Christian Watson dropped a wide-open touchdown pass. They got a little lucky that the Packers turned it over on downs in the red zone. Now, yes, those plays were, were made by Vikings defenders but they were still in really disadvantageous positions to begin with. So I, it's not like the Vikings deserve a ton of credit for getting a fourth and one goal line stop. The Packers marched the ball down the field to get to that goal line. They don't deserve any credit for Christian Watson dropping a touchdown. They got a little lucky getting pressure in just the right situations. When the Packers can run the ball this season, I'm telling you, this is going to be 
one of those things like the it was always fake the when the x teams runs the ball 25 times they win but when the packers run it and we can just pick an arbitrary number if they run for five yards a carry they're gonna win they're gonna win because everything they do is predicated on running the ball and it's not just that they're good at it and they are it's that matt lafleur is more likely to call the play action game when the run game is working. Even if that is not what the data says he needs to do, that is a thing that exists in the world. What's more, I think he's also more likely to call these play action passes when you turn your back to the defense, the hard play actions, the shot play play actions. This week against a team that does not rush the passer effectively, A, and B, when you have your full complement of offensive linemen. That is a critical thing for this team. Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers do not want to get into the play-action game if they don't have all their guys. Now, they've they've leaned into it more than we thought early on, but I think you could see an even more run-heavy um, and play-action-heavy game than the one that we've seen previously. And then, as has been said in the chat a bunch of times already, Christian Watson being out there changes everything for this offense. We're going to dig into that in a little more depth when we talk about the matchups in this game after this. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bright.co. You guys heard me tell the diamond story, my wife's engagement ring story, a million times. I'll I'll spare it for you today because we're live and because it's Friday. You know the story, though. She lost her engagement ring. We found it. Thank God we found it. If we hadn't, we would have been in big trouble, except we had insurance, and you should have insurance on your, your jewelry Two, you can do it in two minutes on your cell phone. They've turned the whole experience of getting insurance at Bright.co into an easy thing. You can do it on your phone. There's no excuse. For five bucks a month, you can get totally comprehensive coverage and it won't take more than two minutes on your phone. Go to Bright.co with all kinds of options for you. Bright.co forward slash locked on today. Okay. Aaron Rodgers has the lowest eight out of his career, the lowest average depth of target, the lowest average intended air yard, whatever, whatever stat you want to pick. He is throwing the ball closer to the line of scrimmage, less far down the field, not further down the field, less far down the field than he has at any point in his career. But the Packers lead the league in yards after catch. That's Romeo Dobbs. That's Christian Watson. That's Sammy Watkins. That's Alan Lazard. That's especially... Randall Cobb, who has been dynamite with the ball in his hands this year. I am so, so happy to be wrong about this. So happy to get, to get this off my chest. I came on this show after the Vikings game and I said, the best thing about Alan Lazard coming back is that it means less Randall Cobb because Randall Cobb is just done. He's cooked. He's toast. That turned out to not be true. And I'm so glad that it's not true. I'm so glad that I overreacted or that it, I don't, I'm not glad I overreacted. I'm glad that it was an overreaction, that that turned out not to be true. That he is still, especially on third down, a highly, highly useful player for this offense. And the run after catchability from Romeo Dobbs has been better than I expected. I expect to see Christian Watson, some of these crossing routes, they're going to some of these mesh concepts again. Because teams are playing more man coverage. Teams just said, we're not playing man. We just don't think we can match up with Devontae Adams in man coverage, even with help. 
So here's a bunch of zone. We're going to pass everything off. And here's a safety over the top. Here's cloud. Here's bracket. Here's every kind of double coverage and help coverage we can think of. But we're not letting Devontae Adams beat our guy one-on-one, especially because when when he, you're in the slot, it's nearly impossible man-on-man to, number one, give help because he's got a two-way go. And number two, do anything just from your primary coverage. Your primary on-ball defender just has no chance. That's not what this Packers offense is anymore. But because everything is so schemed up, this, they've become the 49ers. They've become the LA Rams because they've had to. And we're actually seeing this. This is fascinating. Watch the Rams. There is none of the, like last year, they could go spread and just beat you. They didn't have to get clever. It's just mirrored, mirrored smash or double slants or whatever. Pick a West Coast staple concept. Stick, whatever. They could run it and just be better than you. This year, with Cooper Cup and no Robert Woods and no Edel Beckham, they can't just do that. They've got a guy in the backfield. They've got a receiver playing fullback in the backfield, Brandon Skoranek. They have to get cute with every play they call. The 49ers have to get cute with every play they call. Every play is schemed up. It's a schemed up touch. It is we're trying to create this open space for this guy. It's not the Mike McCarthy win your one-on-one battles deep with a timing route under, you know, the, the deep shot and then the timing route come back underneath. It's not that. It's here's attacking coverage to create space and opportunity. And you don't really need elite route runners to make that work. What you need is guys who can create after the catch. And that's why this is still a top 10 offense because they're getting the ball to backs. They're getting the ball to Romeo Dobbs, who's so much better after the catch than I thought. I think they're going to be even better. When we see Christian Watson's speed in space, he hasn't had a chance yet in the middle of the field where he can catch it on the run and go. We saw it at North Dakota State when he got those opportunities. This guy, you guys, the speed we know is real. We know the speed is real. We've seen it. So his his chance to get some of these looks in space is critical for this offense. And we're going to continue to see Aaron Rodgers do that. Now, the one change that they need to make is they need to test teams Deep, and this is the week. Jalen Mills, not a fast corner, and he's hurt. Now, they have some speed. Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones, they've got some speed. Those guys can move, but Devin McCourty is 100 years old. Adrian Phillips is not a fast safety. Jabal Pepper still has some juice in those legs, for sure. Kyle Duggar, we'll see. So this is the opportunity, I think, to push the ball down the field because my expectation is Bill Belichick knows the Patriots can't beat this team if they don't stop the run. And that means for them, I think, bringing more guys into the box, playing single high, and daring Aaron Rodgers to beat you over the top. The problem for them is they cannot rush the passer with four. They will not be able to pressure the Packers with four unless they have figured out all kinds of crazy new sim pressures where, you know, Todd Bowles had this crazy sim pressure where he dropped, Justice Muscade and I talked about it on Tuesday, where he loads up 
the box and a whole side drops back. And I think they ended up only, only rushing five. This is a chance for them to say, okay, if you're going to play single high, over your head. Over your head. That's the opportunity that they have. Get Romeo Dobbs down the field where he was so good in college. Get Christian Watson down the field where he was so good in college. And you can still hit the RPO stuff. You can still hit the RPO slants, the RPO screens. You can still, on third down, get the ball to Alan Lazard in the slot and pick up third and four. This is a team that just defensively does not match up well with Green Bay. The flip side of it, this this Patriots offense has to be able to run the ball. And they have to try and create some explosives. I don't know how they're going to create explosives. I think if I'm the Packers, I'm of two minds about this. And I had this I had the same thing on last week with with the Bucks and that was do you play too high? Dare them to throw underneath a million times and go from there or do you say it's run stopping time, you can't run the ball? And we dare you to try and throw over our heads. Devontae Parker and Nelson Aguilar can get vertical on you. Now, against other corners, maybe not 4-2 Eric Stokes. We don't, we'll see if Jerry Alexander plays. I, I kind of doubt it. But if he does, I would, I would actually guess it'd be on a snap count. I think Keyshawn Nixon, more than capable. Russell Douglas is going to press these guys. Like Devontae Parker is a big physical guy. So Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes are the perfect combination of corners to, to deal with him. Is Brian Hoyer just going to throw 50-50 balls to them on the sidelines? I doubt it. I don't know how, and I said this to Mike, our, our, our pal Mike debate. How is this Patriots offense with Brian Hoyer and and a you know a, a good, not great run game and and very few skill talent? On the outside, they've got nice tight ends. How are they going to score more than the Patriots did on the road against the Packers? In a game that's not 100 degrees. How are they going to do that? What is the path to them scoring points? What does it look like? And, and the answer is running the ball a bunch. It's Damian Harris. It's, it's Ramondre Ramonde, Stevenson taking over the game. And so... That is why ultimately my answer to the defense question is, and the Packers have done it more the last two weeks. Darnell Savage playing a little more closer to the box, grabbing guys in coverage a little bit more, playing more man coverage. That's the move this week, in my opinion. Single high, dare you to run the ball, live in the nickel. I think they're going to go to a lot of two tight end sets. I'm very interested to see how the Packers handle those two tight end sets. I think the Packers might play a lot of base this week. You might see the Patriots try and throw out of those heavy sets. But that doesn't bother the Packers. That's the beauty of this defense. It doesn't bother the Packers because Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell can cover. They can really play in space. It's not going to bother them if that's what you want to do, New England. So I look around at this, and Packer fans are going to get mad at me because they they do that every time I I am confident in the team getting a win. And I there was the the 2019 especially. I kept saying this is a get right game for this offense, and they kind of never got right. 
the defense doesn't need to get right. And and the offense doesn't, I don't, the offense doesn't really need to get right either. But I think this is, this is the week we start to see the full arsenal of this offense because the Patriots just don't have the guys to stop it. They have the coach, but they couldn't stop Lamar Jackson last week. They played pretty well against the Dolphins in week one, but I, I think the Dolphins are a relatively fraudulent team, to be honest with you, aside from all of the garbage ugliness with Tua. And they played Mitch Trubisky. Congratulations on, on beating Mitch Trubisky. Packers know all about what it takes to be Mitch Trubisky, and it's, it's not very much. It's a season in which you're not firing your coach. That's what it takes to, to beat Mitch Trubisky and any offense he runs. I just don't see how they're going to get to like 14, 17 points. And given the run defense issues, I just don't see how the Patriots stop the Packers in the run game to make them play one-dimensionally enough to get this going. And the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, he's still top five in completion percentage above expectation this season, even though he's got that low dot. He's completing over 70% of his passes. He's still making unbelievable throws into tight windows. He's still manipulating coverages. He is. This offense is so reliant on him. Because it's so RPO heavy. So he's making decisions pre-snap. He's making decisions post-snap. Matt LaFleur is calling this offense to make Aaron Rodgers right on every play. To use his brain and use his talent. And that is that is the smart way to, to, to maximize this group. Let Aaron Rodgers decide what the perfect play is. And let him do his thing. And, th- and that's why this is the perfect blend for him. That's why, you know, I made the I made the joke that they're leaning into the full Shanahan, the full McVay. This is the full LaFleur because he has Aaron Rodgers. And he doesn't have Debo. Doesn't have Cooper Cup. But he's got a nice group of guys. Big Bob Tunyon's doing some nice things. I think, I think there's going to be more opportunities for these tight ends. We saw Tyler Davis catch a big one last week. He's wide open. Josiah DeGuara. Matt LaFleur in his career as, as a head coach in Green Bay is top three in scheming receivers open. Wide in receiver percentage and wide open receiver percentage. So open receiver percentage and wide open receiver percentage. That can't just be all Devontae Adams because other teams have really good players. Other teams, Cooper Cup exists. Amari Cooper, who's a great route runner, can create a lot of separation, even if he's not in the same class. He exists. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, the Vikings should be getting a lot of separation because they have good receivers. The Bucs should be getting a lot of separation because they have good receivers. The Chiefs should have been getting a lot of separation because they have good pass catchers. But the Packers were consistently at the top of the list, even when they were just Devontae Adams and other pieces because the, the design of this offense is that good. And I said at the beginning of the season, we are going to find out how good a coach Matt LaFleur is this year. And in a lot of ways, the best thing he could have done is to sort of take that pressure off himself by saying, you know what I'm going to do as coach? I'm going to decide that the best thing that I can do for my team is to give Aaron Rodgers every opportunity to use his brain and his virtuoso talent to beat the defense every Play and he's going to miss plays. He's missed throws. He's he's missed opportunities. He's missed reads. I think as the season goes along, those are going to click for him. He's going to get on the same page with some of these receivers. He's going to have better feel on timing. Like they they couldn't run some of these concepts last year because they just didn't face the right coverages. They just didn't have the faith in their offensive line to hold up. 
mean, they've run strike that play action in breaker more times in the first three weeks than I think in 2020 combined because they just have more confidence in not only the guys out there, but in the offensive line to do exactly what they need to do. All right. Uh, we, we had a question in the chat. Can we acknowledge special teams player of the week, Pat O'Donnell? Yes. You, you generally do not want your, your special teams player of the week to be a punter. You'd much rather be a kicker because he made a game-winning kick or a returner. But the Packers have Amari Rodgers, and all he does is return kicks. That's all I have on that. So, look, it's, it's really nice that this, that this special teams has coalesced the way that it has and that it's coalesced this quickly the way that it has. I don't think we could have anticipated that. It's very cool. And it's a credit to Rich Passaccia. It's a credit to Brian Gutekinds. It's a credit to Matt LaFleur for investing the time and investing the resources into actually fixing the problem, not just paying lip service to the problem. The Packers are bang on average. In fact, slightly above average in DVOA, special teams. That's what we said. Just be average. Just don't be terrible. Like be the 23rd special teams unit. Just not 32nd by a mile. If they had been the 23rd special teams unit last year, they'd probably win the Super Bowl. But they weren't. Well, now they're a fine special teams group. And in this case, fine is good enough. It really is. Fine is good enough. And it's it's a it's a it's a weird position to be in. But it's where the Packers are. All right, Simon wants to know Keyshawn Nixon, underrated performer of the week. Thoughts? 100 percent I don't even know if it's underrated at this point. I think everyone saw what he did to come in cold and fill in in the slot, which is not an easy position to play, tackled well, covered well, and then go out and play special teams. He played more snaps than any Packers defensive player because he also played, I believe, 14 special team snaps, made the play on inside the two-yard line to catch the Pat O'Donnell punt. When was the last time? Just ask me this or answer me this, I'm asking. When was the last time you saw Packers gunner, and we're calling them flyers now, catch a punt? Can you think of one? I can't. When was the last time you saw them catch a punt? Not the punt returner, because you might have, if you're going to be snarky, you might ask the same thing about Amari Rodgers. But when is the last time? When is the last time you saw that? It's been a long time. And that, I think, is all you need to know. Rudy Ford, Keyshawn Nixon, these guys are flying downfield on punt coverage. They are doing a terrific job. Now, would I like to see the Packers be a little bit more aggressive, not punt in some of those situations? Yeah. But short of that, we're just talking just special teams. It's, it's really good to see. All right, Richard wants to know, what do we know about Bakhtiari as of today? Here's what we know. He's not on the injury report. So that's it. We know it's going to continue to be the case that he might not practice every, he might not practice more than every other day. Certainly will not practice three days in a row. Some weeks he will work in pads, some weeks he won't. And they're just trying to find a schedule that keeps him fresh and keeps him healthy. They're going to continue to do that. I think that's the right way to do it. He doesn't need to practice that much. Some walkthroughs. Yeah, padded practice here and there. Look at the NBA. They practice like once a month, two times a month. The game is the thing. David Bakhtiari has been doing this well enough. And by the way, he was their best offensive lineman on Sunday. 
So it's not like he hadn't played in what? Not played in a real game. Hadn't played in the second half of a game since the end of 2020. So I'm not worried about David Bakhtiari. He's going to be fine. Now, could he, could he get hurt again? Sure. But I mean, with this injury, I'm starting to get, like if he gets through this week and not on the injury report anymore, then you're just you're, you're just sort of holding your breath. I get it. But then you just have to start treating him like a normal player. Just have to just have to treat him like a normal player. Egan wants to know if Aaron Schatz got back to me on Packers DVOA numbers. Yes, he did. I, I found it to be um, a, an insufficient explanation, <laughs> frankly, because you would think that he, he said the Packers have faced a, a small number of plays. And I guess when you when you think about it that way, um, you know, some of the big defensive plays, especially in week one would stand out more. But I would have thought that the rate stats, the yards per drive, three and ounce per drive, points per drive, all that stuff would eventually even out. But I think that week one performance where you're giving up all, all those big plays um, in a game where you know the Vikings didn't have that many possessions and scored on most of them, I think that's really skewing the numbers right now. So I'm not worried about it. We'll, we'll see it. We'll see it even out here in the in the coming weeks. So not a big deal. All right. Uh, live show on Sunday. We will not be live next Friday. Uh, as the Packers go to London, I will be traveling. We will have a show next Friday, but we will not be live. But then we will be live after the London game, right after the London game, um, which will be about, about, let's see, 1130-ish. So it'll be before the noon kicks. Um, and you won't care because the Packers will just beat the daylights out of the Giants and then all will be well. So um, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.